0: Hello and welcome to Not a Couple, a Will and Grace podcast. I'm Matthew. I'm Tess. And this week we are here with Season 6, Episode 13, Ice Cream Balls.
1: This is like the third time we've seen balls in a title.
0: That's literally the third time. We actually saw that on the Wikipedia page for this episode. Fun fact, all the Will and Grace episodes so far with the word balls are written by the same writer who I didn't bother to write down. Hmm.
1: Guess that person really likes balls.
0: Sorry, that person.
1: person who likes balls?
0: Alright, let's jump into the episode description, and then we'll talk about the episode. Sounds good. Will's new client, Dave Foley, falls for Jack. Grace and Karen discover hidden money while trying to fix the plumbing in Leo's cabin.
1: Alright, so like, first things first, I'm the realist. Drop yeah. this and let the whole world feel it. <laughs> no. But real thing is, like, I want to, before we get into anything, discuss the fact that Matthew and I stared at Dave Foley and his face. And went, we know that guy. Then where we went th- is he from? Then we went through his entire Wikipedia article and could come up with nothing. I think, okay, I think here's the problem.
0: There are a lot of things listed where I'm like, oh yeah, I've seen that. I probably would recognize him in that if I'd seen that single episode. I think he's just been in a lot of shows for like one or two episodes. And so mm-hmm. like you have an impression of this person. Yeah. But like this character actor.
1: Great, but it's like one of those things where you think that like, oh yeah, he must have had a big role in something. And like nothing that we watched... Mm-hmm. was that so it was weird
0: yeah he's canadian his bio is very like kids in the hall he was on news radio which yeah. okay
1: we're not canadian so
0: i don't think it was a canadian show
1: i don't care <laughs> point being i don't know this did person canada is. even
0: have tv back then i who knows
1: as everyone knows canada is about 15 years behind the uh-huh. u.s in all things so right. you know they they just got the internet I think we decided
0: we were going to talk about the non day Foley plot first, though, this week. We
1: did. We did. I just wanted to get that out of the way. (laughs) So let's uh, let's talk about Grace and Karen.
0: So after a couple weeks where we've ignored the Leo plot entirely, the show decides to sort of
1: address the fact that Grace is still married. This is the most roundabout way to deal with Grace's feelings about her failing marriage. And I don't know how to feel about it. I
0: mean, the show kind of makes fun of itself in that, like, it... How do, I, how do I phrase it? Like, the intro tag, like, talks about, like, oh, do you remember Leo, who, like, I have a relationship oh with? Oh, my God, yeah. That then, was pretty funny. And then Jack and Will are like, oh, yeah, Leo, your husband. uh uh-huh. But, like, it's funny because the show seems dimly aware that they are underplaying Leo considerably. Yes. And yet, somehow, that's not what is actually the
1: problem. Uh-huh. Like, if anything,
0: we could be overplaying Leo more. Like, Grace, every plotline Grace has should be related to her marriage. Explicitly, not implicitly.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing is, like, this heavy implication instead of ever actually, like, addressing what the real problems in mm-hmm. the marriage are. You know, like the part where Leah was across the world, that that's a problem, um, aren't addressed. It's yeah. just, like, all of these implications and assumptions are being made. I mean, this
0: is the closest we get in weeks. Don't get me wrong. Yeah,
1: I mean, we should be grateful for what we're getting. Beggars can't be choosers. Give me the breadcrumbs. Um nom nom.
0: But, uh, so the plot line this week follows Grace and Karen as they go up to Vermont, where it turns out Leo has a cabin that Grace has never heard of. Or been to. Or been to. And it's winter. It's cold. Which I keep forgetting.
1: Because the pipes burst.
0: Yes, and so the pipes have burst. So the idea is that they're going to come into this cabin and, uh, wait for the plumber to get there and fix the pipes and mm-hmm. then go home. Now, in what is ultimately a prediction of the episode's underlying plot, It does seem a little weird in retrospect that they walk into what appears to be a completely pristine, untouched cabin and don't think anything of the fact that there doesn't appear to be any water anywhere.
1: No one said that they were smart. (laughs) But anyways, so what ends
0: up happening is they come to this cabin in the woods. They're having a great time. And then when they go to bed, Karen realizes that they're sleeping on top of exactly, what is it? $426,000.
1: Something to that effect. and She can feel it with her butt. Yes. She's like, they're laying down because they're sleeping in the bed together. And Grace is like, man, this mattress is really lumpy and uncomfortable. And Karen's like, that's because we're sleeping on money.
0: <laughs> I don't know if she can smell it or like she can.
1: No, she can feel it with she her has butt. her butt,
0: butt radar Because for money. she like
1: bounces her ass on the mark. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's like a, what a metal detector, like in the sand, but yes. it's in her ass. It's like boop, boop, <laughs> boop, 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 and a roll of quarters. And it's this
0: kind of weird weird way of backing into a plot line where Grace is like, I don't know, my husband, like, uh-huh. he had this cabin and all this money and I never knew about it.
1: Right. And it's really,
0: it's interesting, it's, sort of.
1: It's interesting, but it's sort of like circumventing the actual issue. Right. Like, Grace has this whole meltdown about how Leo doesn't trust her. Right. And, but like, the reality is that she can't trust her husband because mm-hmm. she doesn't know him terribly well right like the fact that she had to start this whole thing off with hey guys remember leo right not great not great
0: like grace is like completely unwilling to acknowledge her own culpability is not the right word it implies blame where there's no blame yeah
1: it's not that she's responsible for the downfall of this marriage it seems but it's
0: hypocritical of her to be like leo doesn't trust me and she doesn't trust Leo at all.
1: Right, exactly. It's it's odd that she would be so offended by him not trusting mm-hmm. her when she doesn't trust him in the slightest. And that's, and like the marriage isn't working and that's why she's back in New York while he's still in, where is he now? Cambodia. Cambodia, yeah. So let's get to the meat and potatoes. Mm-hmm. They find all the money under the bed, right? Right. And Grace, because she's so incensed that Leo doesn't trust her, decides that the only logical solution is to spend half of it.
0: Now, this is a bad plan for a number of reasons. Reason number one is that I don't know exactly what the financial state of the United States was in 2004, but I'm sure at minimum she could have put the money into some goddamn war bonds and been very set for life. America. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, putting money under your mattress is not a good financial solution.
1: But maybe it was because the show doesn't know about the upcoming financial crisis. Well,
0: I mean, of course, but that's still four years away. I mean, you can put the money in for four years and take it out. And uh, Reason being, number two. What was reason number two going to be?
1: Was reason number two that if your husband's hiding money from you, spending half of it isn't exactly a good way to prove that you're trustworthy
0: well that's that's reason number two okay (laughs) i remember reason number original reason number two which is now reason number three which is leo's in cambodia right there's no time crunch on this money situation she
1: could sit on it literally literally she could lay on it (laughs) she could think about something she'd like to buy with it she could buy a house (laughs) but no she could buy a boat
0: they go to the only outlet mall in Vermont. Uh-huh. And buy like five hundred pairs of jeans and sixty pints of Ben and Jerry's, or vice versa, or
1: something. Yeah,
0: I mean, which is funny, but like, girl, like, yeah. it's not that cold,
1: right? And then you know, Grace admits that she doesn't really feel that much better after having spent all of this money because that's
0: because she had too much ice cream.
1: Yeah, yeah, her, her poor tummy was probably messed up. She should have taken some the last <laughs> Um, but also, also, like, again, Leo is in Cambodia, so he isn't there to react. To this she's right. not getting the uptake that she wants of any sort of emotional reaction mm-hmm. and it kind of reminds me of this thing that my therapist said the other day and we're Uh-oh. just all gonna put our hats on and go into Tessa's therapy corner where i was talking about how sometimes um i'm not gonna name names but sometimes someone i know uh really 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 seems to want some kind of attention when i'm unable to give them attention it and could be
0: me but in this case it's not right
1: i'm gonna take the fifth on that one <laughs> um But, and so I find it very frustrating when I'm begging this person, like, please don't demand this attention in this sort of way, in this sort of time, because I'm busy, and I can give you this attention, but only when I'm not at work, things like that. And my therapist said, that you know, some people's families make it so that children are raised, that any kind of attention is better than no attention at all, and the only way to curb a behavior is to ignore it. And I'm Mm -hmm. beginning to think that Grace is one of those families where even having Leo freak out and react negatively is more like palatable to her than Mm -hmm. this essentially radio silence where he's across the world. So I think part of her is thinking if I spend this money, somehow I will get the attention I crave. Right. I mean, flaw in the plan is that he's not there and it's not tied to any sort of bank account to alert him. But that's a
0: great, great point. That Like Grace really seems to revel in this... um, She revels in the negativity of her marriage sometimes.
1: Yeah, like, because it's better than, essentially, the realistic state of her marriage, which is that it's apathy. Mm -hmm. She and Leo don't communicate. They don't really care about each other when they're not in each other's faces. And so having, at least having something negative happening in her marriage is better than the nothing that's currently happening.
0: Yeah, their marriage is a really interesting blend of passion and apathy.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: It's very interesting to hear you say it like that. Because yeah. The, it's, it's an apathetic marriage until, like, some episode plotline, like, kicks it into gear again.
1: Right. It's like, until relevant, the marriage literally does not matter on the show.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, you think about Grace leaving Cambodia in the first place. I mean, that's a situation where the marriage doesn't have any stimulating passion happening with it. Mm-hmm. So, like, she has to create an incident in an attempt to re-kick her marriage. Right. You know, it's like when you're, you know, you've got a patient on um, their coating and you've got the little electrical paddles. Like, Grace keeps using the electrical paddles to reshock her marriage. And eventually, like, we've just got a guy called Time of Death.
1: I mean, yeah, exactly. If you can't get them back into sinus rhythm, you can't defibrillate anymore.
0: And I don't think Grace and Leo have ever been in sinus rhythm. No. But you know who is in sinus rhythm this episode? Grace and Karen.
1: Yes, they are. They kissed like four times.
0: It's really intense. Okay. I mean, not hot at all because they're doing it like they're two spinsters, like, tucking themselves into bed. Mm-hmm. Very chaste. Mm hmm. But and this little, it's like that. But it is cute.
1: It is cute. Um, it's it's very adorable because they kiss before they go to sleep, and then when they wake up to discover the money, then they go back to sleep, and then you know Grace like rolls over and goes to sleep, and Karen's like no kiss, <laughs> and so then they kiss.
0: Well, it's kind of funny because I think what they're trying to go for is they're going to Vermont, so now they're lesbians.
1: Yes, because due to
0: Vermont being the first state to have a civil union.
1: I find this confusing. <laughs> I you never You find lesbians
0: confusing? No, I've never or Vermont.
1: No, I've never associated Vermont with gayness, I guess. Like I guess. But I'm not an East Coast queer, so I don't know what the deal is.
0: Well I think the idea is it's like where you just went to be gay like because no one bothered you because it's Vermont. Like and everyone's it's, just like it's very just
1: woods? Well, like, you know
0: how, like, wasps are all up in each other's business and they're Mm, very private at the mm, same time? mm -hmm. I think in Vermont, they're not up in each other's business.
1: Because they're so far apart.
0: Well, that's... And there's trees. That does help, yes. And maple syrup. Yes, the maple syrup does help, too. I
1: like maple syrup.
0: I think the idea is it's considered impolite to be up in your neighbor's business in, like, the Vermont, Maine, New Hampshire part of the world.
1: I would dis invite New Hampshire to that but again I'm not an East Coast gay yet but so uh, someday maybe I'll know Um, but at least that's my cultural perception of
0: it and I think the show is kind of an interesting place where it's like I mean as we've said about Will and Grace before it's a very gay show that does its best to not raise attention to that fact Mm -hmm. so it like took me more than one kiss for them to realize that this was like an ongoing thing and not just like a weird like oh they're in the same bed so they're kissing like Uh,
1: like, I was like like, like, oh this is like a This is a thing
0: now. Oh, I, like, oh, are they kissing because they're, oh, it's because they're, oh, yeah. Yeah,
1: it's like, it's partly because they're in Vermont, and then they have a conversation later about how they're both a bit lonely. Like, there's
0: not even a throwaway joke where Karen's like, oh, we crossed the state border, now I'm 100% lesbo. Like... (laughs) can't you just kind of see the world grace writers like workshopping that
1: I could except for the fact that they won't acknowledge that Karen Walker is bisexual and always has been
0: hey to be fair in this season they appear to be totally aware that she's bisexual
1: and then they have her come out as straight
0: well I mean you know 13 years later <laughs> um
1: that's not how you pronounce bisexual Karen. <laughs>
0: Whatever. The other weird thing about this plot line is that it doesn't turn out to be Leo's cabin at all.
1: No. Okay, so that's that's like the kicker is it's not even Leo's cabin. It's Grace's so, I don't know, unaware of her husband's life that she actually is in a different cabin.
0: Right. Like it's... A, a- The plot doesn't really hold up, if you think about it, because they clearly got into the cabin, yeah, which was unlocked. Was
1: there a key under the mat? Like, what? So, yeah, first of all, they don't explain the logistics of how they ended up in this incorrect cabin. Um, So then it it belongs to this older married couple, and it's their money that Grace just, you know, wasted on Ben and Jerry's and Jean's. And then... And that's is the end of the episode. That's it. They, they do not discuss the fact that she spent all of their money. She does not get shot, though she is threatened to be shot.
0: And she certainly deserves it.
1: She does. And uh, there's not even a throwaway line about how Karen just cleared the whole thing up by writing them a check. Like, yeah. it just, They literally say nothing else about it. It's like, that's <laughs> not Leo's cabin. Leo no- lives next door. And that's it
0: ah ha 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 there's a lot of laughter that everyone goes it's home it's not
1: laughter if someone spent half of my life savings which again I would never keep under a mattress because it's wildly unsafe mm-hmm. but if someone did I would in fact consider violence mm-hmm. I would very much you would go violence. get the gun I would get the gun I know where my family keeps them I don't want to know anything about them normally but I do know where they are and I would get one if someone spent mm-hmm. half my life savings especially if it was on Ben and Jerry's and they didn't give me any <laughs> I really like ice cream
0: Oh. let's talk about the other plot in this episode, which features Will, Jack, and Dave Foley.
1: Yeah, so, there's also ice cream in this one. There's
0: also ice cream. Double ice cream.
1: What does it mean?
0: <laughs> Tess and I actually went out and got ice cream in this episode. That's uh, how pervasive it was. I
1: would like to issue an addendum to that statement. Tess went out and bought us ice cream.
0: Tess is a very good roommate.
1: Tess is a great roommate.
0: Um, so in this (laughs) plot line, um, we meet Stu first. That's who Dave Foley's playing. Yes. Um, Will is working with him as a new client and is a little salty actually because he's like, I'm gay and they give me all the gay clients. And then I think Grace is like, oh, so he's not even cute, huh? And then Will's like, not even a little. Yeah,
1: he's very, he's very salty about it. And
0: believe me, I can identify with that.
1: Yeah. So he's trying to basically put together the sale of Dave Foley's business.
0: Yes, he's like an inventor. He like invents things in his garage. It kind of comes across as like a sham wow style company. Yeah. Like um,
1: he created Oxyclean or something. Right.
0: And so he wants to sell his company, which is great. I mean, you know, Yeah,
1: he, he's like I'm selling out. I want I want to have that sweet sweet money. Yep. Yeah.
0: Um <laughs> but what ends up happening is that Jack, like, stumbles into the room and is just, like, super obnoxious. Yes,
1: Jack walks in because he needs to give Will a recap of his, like, of going to the matinee of The Boy From Oz <laughs> yes. right now. Um, because he's convinced he has a legal case because Hugh Jackman and his huge Ackman um, did some signature move that Jack came up with and then he's he's suing. He's very upset.
0: I think for the reference, if I was understanding Jack McFarland's attempt to do the move correctly, it's the move where you're sitting on something and your legs are crossed one way, and then you, like, magically make them cross the other way. Which is not Jack's invention. No. I'm pretty sure Judy Garland invented that. I'm
1: pretty sure that that's been done by gays since the Carol dawn of Channing, time.
0: Abraham Lincoln.
1: Much like people licking buttholes, this has, been a long, this has been around for as long as people have had butts and mouths.
0: I'm sure Hugh Jackman's Hugh Jackman does help with the leg flipping, but... It's not an invention of either Hugh Jackman or Jack McFarland.
1: It's so weird to me, speaking briefly on Hugh Jackman, that Hugh Jackman and his Hugh Jackman were such big Broadway stars at this time because wasn't this also around the time of the first Wolverine? Like where he first got cast as Wolverine?
0: You know, I do feel like there's a weird uh, distance there because you're correct. I do think. What's the timeline here? So, the first X-Men movies come out in, like, very early 2000s. So, they're definitely out already. Mm -hmm. And Hugh Jackman is a little huge for those. But then I think he takes a break from the X-Men movies and does Boy From Oz in Australia. Or they do it in Australia first and then he takes over for the Broadway run. And that's a huge smash. I think it's one of those things where, like, we're a little too young to be completely aware of this. But, like, Hugh Jackman in The Boy From Oz is really what made his career Mm -hmm. almost more than the X-Men movies.
1: Yeah, I mean, I know that it was a really big deal because I remember, i vaguely remember it being on the Tonys.
0: Right, like Hugh Jackman doing *The Boy from Oz* is what keeps Hugh Jackman from just doing superhero movies for the next decade and a half.
1: I'm sorry, I, I have to learn now when Hugh Jackman was in.
0: I feel X-Men. moderately confident. *Boy from Oz* lines up with *Wicked* almost. Wicked. Like I don't think it's Wicked! the exact same year, but they're definitely on Broadway at the same time. Did
1: you know that Hugh Jackman's middle name is Michael?
0: I did not know that.
1: You know, while well, well, I'm killing some time here, it might be a good time to mention that I did actually think he did a pretty good job as Jean Valjean in the 2012 oh, film adaptation. I mean, it, it got really critically panned, mostly because of Russell Crowe. But Hugh Jackman was really great. I thought he was awesome. Um, he really committed to the bit. He was all starving and shit at the beginning. It was, mm-hmm. t- it was terrible. Um, but yeah, he, he, did a, he did a good job. I was really proud of him. I also really love Les Miz. He was also in Van Helsing, apparently.
0: Oh, that's right. I love that movie. Boy
1: from Oz happened in 2003, 2004. Right.
0: So, this is actually the year that Wicked doesn't win the Tony for best musical. Right. Oh because Avenue God. Q does.
1: Oh, that's right. Because it got robbed.
0: Yeah, it's a really weird year. Like, it's Avenue Q on paper, to digress slightly. Looks like a really amazing Best Musical win, but I think now like fifteen that shit years has later, aged like milk. Yeah, like fifteen years later. I mean, it's up against it's Avenue Q, The Boy from Oz, Caroline or Change, and Wicked. I mean, first of all, that's got to be one of the most stacked Tony Best Musical lineups in modern history. Yeah, and all three of those other musicals have held up way better than Avenue Q.
1: I just mean, like, Avenue Q is, like, a fun, raunchy sort of situation. Uh-huh. But the fact is, it's 2019, and people are still trying to sing. Everyone's a little bit racist, and that's not cool. That's
0: not even really the most problematic song in that musical. That's true. But so let's not stay there.
1: Let's not stay there. Let's now. move on. Let's go back to, okay, Hugh Jackman, he was Wolverine about the same time. Right. Okay, important segue.
0: So, the important thing about Jack coming in and talking about Hugh Jackman and his Hugh Jackman is that Stuart sees Jack's huge Ackman.
1: And he is in love.
0: Yes. I mean, just like... Like, we talk about how Jack is not a very stylish gay, and Stuart is super into that. He's like, he really fills out those blue jeans. And Will and the rest of us are like, really?
1: We're like, Curly queen? Okay. Yeah, and so he's just... He's obsessed with Jack and his little sweater vests mm-hmm. and khakis. Looks so nasty in those khakis. And <laughs> um, he's like, Will, you gotta set us up.
0: And like... It seems like this should be easy, and somehow it's not.
1: I feel like this is one of many times in which the show has presented someone pimping out their gay friend for career reason mm-hmm. and they never bring up that this keeps happening and like was this common in like 2004 did people know so few gays that they would pay their gays to go out with other gays for careers well i mean it's very
0: common for the straights to have match up their gay friends with their other gay friends
1: yes i know because it's like oh you two are gay well what do we have in common right i mean it, it makes sense as you're a trope. gay well i mean you think about it from a meta
0: television perspective like literally on most shows you only have one gay character So as soon as another gay character enters the mix, you have to pair them up. Right. Like, from a meta perspective, it makes sense.
1: Yes. So Will pays Jack with an old chapstick and 74 cents.
0: (laughs) Which, to me, hardly counts as paying, but But I'm not unemployed.
1: But, you know, Jack is also a student nurse right now. He probably needs the money. Um,
0: And he goes on this date with Stuart and really, like, digs it. Like, they hit it off immediately. They hit it off
1: immediately. Like,
0: so immediately, it's weird that Will couldn't just convince Jack to go on the date in the first place yeah like there's no sense of like oh I don't think he's attractive it's just kind of Jack's like no no I don't want to
1: yep it's it's just sort of <laughs> Jack being like you know how toddlers sometimes even though they like it once they're in the bath they don't want to get in the bath right. it's like Todd like toddler Jack is just like no I don't want to go on the date Jack it's time wanna. for your bath and he's like no <laughs> That's what this is like. I
0: mean, considering that in this episode, Will's like, "Oh yeah, I went on a date, but the guy went home with someone else before we even finished the movie. He met
1: someone else in the theater, right?"
0: Like, Jack is like batting so high above Will at this point that, like, so high, it's it's actually almost amazing that like Jack ends up dating someone that he previously had to be bribed into seeing, and Will can't make it an hour and a half without <laughs> losing his current
1: date. Yep, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, Jack and Stuart are immediately like a power couple. Mm -hmm. Um, Jack starts accompanying Stuart into his business meetings with Will. Oh, right. And so (laughs) Will is like, oh, we should sell your company to this group in Dallas because they're giving you a lot of money and you can stay on it. And then Jack is like,
0: oh, my God. So, Jack, I I didn't even realize this joke at first. It's like, I don't like Dallas. I like Dynasty. (laughs) Like, oh my god, like, you don't know that Dallas is a real place. He might You're not. You're so dumb. He may genuinely you don't not know. No, Dallas is a real city.
1: And Stuart just goes with it. So, like, Jack's like, no, I don't like Dallas. I prefer Dynasty. And Stuart's like, Dallas is out. And it's just like, that's not business decisions and so then like jack like interjects one more time and will's like seriously jack we're like trying to have a conversation here and then stewart's like jack is just as an important part of this decision as me and it's like no he's not that makes no sense you met yesterday like what
0: I mean, it's it's just a beautiful relationship frankly. it is
1: they're just immediately super enamored with each other and they they just get each other, but then, tragedy. Because <laughs> oh, Will is like, I don't understand why you're so into this guy. I had to pay him to go out with you. And then he's like, he had to pay you to go out with me? And he's like, how much did he pay you? And he's like, 73 cents in an old chapstick. And he's like...
0: How could you?
1: Like, that's the thing? Like... like th-
0: The thing that I love about Stuart as a character is he's just as, like, dumb and petty and weird as Jack.
1: Yes, he's equally
0: kooky. Yes, like, they match so well that, like, the comedy is, it like, writes itself. It's amazing.
1: Right. It's just the two of them together in a room is super fucking weird, and it's really funny. And it's sort of funny to watch this because, you know, we've watched mm. the revival, so we've seen now Jack is married to a Stefan, and it's kind of funny. The two major relationships he's had in the revival, he doesn't quite click in the same way as he does with mm-hmm. Stuart. And, uh, spoiler alert, so close your ears or take out your headphones for a brief nah, moment. Nah, 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 nah. Not you, Matthew. I'm going to tell you. Stuart comes back. <gasps> He's not just a one hit wonder.
0: Yay. Yeah. Excited.
1: Yeah. So we get to see more of Stuart in the future. But um, because it comes out that Jack only went on his date with Stuart because Will bribed him with chapstick, um, they break up. Mm -hmm. And and it's tragic and it's very sad. And so Will comes back to his apartment to see Jack, like, sort of sadly and forlornly, like, cleaning up at Jacques.
0: and eating ice cream.
1: Yeah. He's just like eating ice cream, and Will had been eating ice cream in the beginning of the episode, and Jack's just eating it sadly, and he's kind of got some on his face, and he's just like, how much do I have to eat before the sad goes away? <laughs> it's and just, like,
0: really, really sad. It
1: is, and Will's, like, a lot. Like,
0: Is this the first time we've seen Jack have, like, a real relationship on this show in the kinda, original series? Yeah,
1: it's sort of, like, Jack normally, like, I mean, he
0: married Rosario, of course.
1: Yes, but, like, other than that, like, this is, this is the first time we've actually seen him properly have, like, an emotion yeah. about a boy?
0: It's really sweet. It's like by being a student nurse, he's resuscitating his own heart.
1: He's defibrillating it. Defibrillating? Is there an R in there? I just
0: want to hear you keep trying to say this word.
1: Reroche. <laughs> 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 Fuck off. <laughs>
0: But it mean it has a happy ending. They get back together. They're boyfriends again. Yeah, they're Will cool. apologizes. Yeah. It's
1: it's just it's just really cute. It is really cute. I it's, like it a lot. It's nice to see Jack like actually like happy. Mm-hmm. Like, again, I really do think student nursing has done wonders for his empathy and his compassion mm-hmm. for other people.
0: I mean, none of that's coming out on, on camera, but no, like we're inferring but like, it really well. We're
1: inferring it because he does appear to be experiencing more human emotions on his own side. So <laughs> he's moving further and further away from like an official diagnosis of like sociopathy.
0: Well, and what's interesting is that for whatever reason, it seems like Jack and Karen have had slightly less scenes together yeah. this season. And I think that helps, too. Like when Will and Jack are in plotlines together, Jack is more of a well fleshed out
1: person. true when he's playing token gay it sort of seems like Jack likes to play token gay Mm -hmm. and kind of plays that up a bit or and I don't know if that's an intentional writing choice or or what's going on but we'll just pretend that he's a real person and that he's doing this intentionally Mm -hmm. Um, but when he's with Will because he doesn't have to be like the gay one it sort of seems like he's a little bit more available to have bigger and stronger emotions and this has kind of been a pattern throughout the show Mm we like if you remember back in season one there was that whole plot about Jack being kind of like too gay for Will sometimes uh-huh. and like that was a really big deal and they had like a big emotional conversation and I don't think that would have happened if like one of the girls had been there.
0: Right. Well and the other thing too that's kind of funny in their relationship is that when they're interacting in later seasons it seems like Jack kind of acts like Will is the really gay one. Yeah. And it's like like Jack has this like inflated self image of him as much more butch than he really is. Which is so funny. And it's absolutely delightful. Like
1: Jack is sort of like that aging twink at the bar who mm-hmm. never really realized that he stopped being a twink. Right. Like he's just still, and we've definitely to...
0: seen that a lot lately. Yeah, like, I mean, he's,
1: he's still trying to twink it up,
0: right? Like, literally, the last episode, he's trying to become like someone's boy toy, and in this episode, he becomes someone's boyfriend. Yeah, like, boom, growth, growth. It's beautiful, it is beautiful. So, all right, I think that's all we have for this week.
1: Yeah, um,
0: Tess, will you tell them where they can find us on social media right. to learn more?
1: Yeah, so let's talk about social media if you want to find us. Our primary social media account is our Twitter page. We are at notacoupleshow, but you can also find us on Facebook and on Tumblr, and we have an email address, and that email address is notacouplepodcast at gmail.com, where you can send us a private message. And if it's weird, we'll read it on air. We haven't gotten any yet, so...
0: But if it's weird, we will read it.
1: Yeah, but we haven't never gotten a weird thing, but if we did get a weird thing, we would totally read it.
0: Please send us a weird thing.
1: We want a weird thing. Send us gay porn, but not like actual gay porn. Maybe like erotica. (laughs)
0: Okay, maybe you just send us something weird that isn't erotic.
1: I want dicks in my mouth.
0: <laughs> if you ask for dicks on the internet...
1: Dicks! Gimme!
0: <laughs> all right, everybody. That's all we have for this week. Thanks so much for listening. I am Matthew. I'm Tess. And this is Ben. Not A Couple. Bye-bye. Well, this episode of Not A Couple was recorded in front of a live studio audience of One Cat eliza this episode of not a couple was sponsored by Hugh Jackman's Huge Jackman that's all we gotta say about it like have you seen it